Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. It is the big 5-0 of the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. Doing it for the Handshake Media Network. Pricey, you're old as fuck. We know that by now, but uh, now you've got a reason to celebrate. Oh my god, half century, Paul Brown. Here we are. What have we like? That's that went very quickly. It sure did. Fifty weeks plus a, a little bit of a gap in there at one point for the Chrissy break and all that, and so yeah. much covered, so much ground discovered, and so many bands spoken about in that time. Yeah, I mean, what what's your highlights? What's your lowlights? Oh, it, it, it's it's so hard to say, but. Um, yeah, you can't ask me that question this early in the morning. It's so, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to what's coming up on, on this episode because we've got a couple of very special guests who are going to talk about two completely different styles of music and what they're doing in the music industry. And also we need to highlight the fact the big dogs are back, the ghost inside. Like, it's yes. such an amazing week for this band and, and we'll get into all of that soon. But like, if you're a fan of, of these guys and the story and what they've been through, you are definitely going to have yourself a fantastic day on Friday when the album gets released and you finally get to hear what they've been working on. Well, I mean, you gave them a 10 out of 10, yeah? Absolutely. I stand by that ground. There's not one bad thing about that album. So definitely get your fingers, your ears and, and lick it if you can. Wow. But uh, before we go any further, let's throw to Ebony's story. She's got the latest heavy news headlines. What's making news? Thanks, guys. And let's kick it off with some Fever 333 news fresh this morning. Coming out swinging yet again, they've debuted a new song called Supremacy, which is free to download. And they're also going live on YouTube with a live demonstration they're calling Long Live the Innocent. Head to their socials to read the full statement and be ready tomorrow, the 4th, at 8 a.m. AEST. To more new music, Slaves, US, not UK, announced their album To Better Days to be released this August. They've already released four songs off the new record, but here's another one. Titled Wasting My Youth, it's about that bottled up frustration that comes from staying in a situation past its expiration date and what that does to a person. We're super excited for this album and also excited when we heard the new single from Wake the Blind. If you haven't heard of these guys, they're still fairly new. They're from Melbourne and they boast some new metalcore sounds. But for their new single, Patient, they've teamed up with David Delahoz of Wither. And it's a winner. Go check it out. Oh, and have you listened to Lamb of God's new track yet? It's called Route or Root, whatever, and features iconic singer Chuck Billy. The band's self-titled album will be out very soon on June 19, so get keen. And there have been a lot of acoustic and stripped-back songs that bands and artists have been putting out while in ISO. And Wage War have stripped-backed their song Grave. And I possibly like it even more than the original. If you want to see what the band have been up to while isolating, check out the video. And while we're talking about stripped back versions, I hope by now you've listened to Thornhill's vocals only version of their debut album, The Dark Pool. You never knew you needed this, trust me. And stay heavy. Thanks so much, Ebony. And uh, the boys, Alpha Wolf, finally announced their new album, um, A Quiet Place to Die. Now, they were teasing this for a while now, and you, you obviously saw Pricey, the, uh, the, the, the black image that they put online uh, a few weeks ago yes. with just the title. Turn- well done on cracking the code there on bringing the contrast up on the, on the image and uh, revealing that track listing. That That's, was very clever. It, it, to be honest with you, like 
disregard disregard me disregard me for a second but that is brilliant that is such an amazing idea that bands are doing right now like it was right there in front of us the whole entire time and it wasn't until like i was looking at the um the the teaser that josh uh from grayscale records put up on twitter it it was a picture of dumbledore and he's like in in the light you know happiness will be found and you know what's one thing that they do in harry potter they punch they cones and they and they do spells. So, like, you know, you, you change things around a little bit, play with the contrast, and there it is right there in front of you. That's what I want to see more of when it comes to teasing albums and, and tours and things yes. like that. Well, I mean, you, you also were able to crack the code there on it that it was Alpha Wolf as well because you were across that the new song that they played on their tour was called Akudama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, you know, however that's pronounced. Um and and so you were able to identify the artist as well. Exactly. So, Plus also Golden Fate Isolate, which is the third in the, well, in the series yeah. of the songs from the band's first album, Mono. So it made perfect sense that that was them. Mm-hmm. No, well done. So looking forward to see what those guys do. Uh, Akudama went off on the, uh, the Polaris tour. So like... What else have these boys been working on with this album? Um, we've seen EPs. The Fault EP was great, but I really love the fact that they can focus their attention and energy into an LP. And uh, the second one, it's it's a, it's a big deal for the band with a, a lot of recent changes over the past couple of years. But with that said, I think they've finally found their stride. Yeah, they've got, got a big box set version available on uh, already. Huge, so. isn't it? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's a big product, but well done. <laughs> hey, if you're a fan and collector, you're going to be frothing exactly, over that as yeah. much as possible, yeah. No, I saw some people jumping on it straight away yesterday, so it's probably selling like hotcakes. Absolutely. Now, uh, uh, we we couldn't go any further without talking about the Currents Boys. They've got their new album coming out on Friday, and uh, it, it's a big one. It's it's a it's a great one if you if if you've been following the band and well, Pricey, tell us about it. Well, I mean, I've seen people this week, you know, saying that, you know, uh, the, you know, the big, uh, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's a battle, but, uh, you know, obviously it's the ghost inside V currents for, you know, uh, big metalcore releases this week. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I, I think, you know, just out of sheer, like, uh, everyone really wants to, you know, put their weight behind uh the ghost inside you know it's you know there's it's a very emotional reason to get behind those guys yeah uh and, the, and i think that's gonna you know they're obviously probably gonna gonna whitewash everything uh this week but you know uh, in terms of um in quality and and in you know heaviness and and uh and you know just pure you know emotional output i think the you know both of them are, are I, I'm kind of in the camp of like, why not both? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, <laughs> diversify your musical listenings on on Friday. To be to be oh. completely honest with you, my my vinyl's been delayed with the Ghost Inside, so I'm going to be cranking Spotify, and you know there'll be a period of the day where I need to take a breather and check out what else is making waves and headlines and all of that. So that's where mm. that's going to come into it. I'm even going to give the the new Eben Ivory album a spin too because I really love that. What was it the Tales of Termina? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I love that song from those guys. So, yeah, like, let's see what else is on offer when it comes to the, the music that's coming out on Friday. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I'll talk about the Ghost Inside soon, so, you know, to make you stick around a bit more. But uh, last week we saw the uh, release of 
a new Australian band's um, musical offering. And uh, prior to you and I were talking about this guy uh, behind the microphone on the, the podcast last week, and we thought it'd be a good idea to to track him down to have a chat all about that release and you know what led to the moments of him putting it out. So without further ado, it's our absolute pleasure to welcome our very first guest for episode 50, Mr. Lachlan Watt from Run. Hello. Thanks for having me, Brownie. Tim? Yeah, no worries at all, man. How's, uh, how's, how's the reaction been to, to run and to all of the sort of messages you've been putting out there about, about your experiences and, and, the, and the record? Um, I, I knew that we had something good and that I, I knew that people would like it, but I didn't quite expect it to uh, people to connect with it as strongly as they appear to have been doing. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty happily kind of nicely surprised a little bit and just very relieved to uh, you know finally have some music of my own out there again it's uh it's been a long time coming i've had a lot of stuff backed up that i need to get off my chest and yeah it feels like just the beginning it's really exciting and look, that's one of yeah, the things true. that uh, we've been discussing on the podcast so far. Like, obviously, you've got your experience in uh, Colossus, for example, and the fill-in jobs you did for Thy Artist Murder and Cycroptic. But when it comes to a new band like this, like, what goes through your head when putting out these new songs for new potential fans to hear? Do, do you hope that they followed your earlier stuff, or do you hope they come in with, like, a fresh mind? Uh, well, I feel like this project has kind of, uh, in a roundabout way, brought a little piece of everything I've done together. Um, so like, you know, when I was a kid, a teenager, my first band was like a death metal band. And then I started playing some post metal and some post hardcore. And then, you know, the Colossus thing happened and then Thy Art and Psychroptic and, uh, you know, kind of got caught up for quite a few years there without really having my own musical expression. And I'm, I'm absolutely not complaining about that at all. It was a, a really sick ride doing all those different bands and getting to, to see Australia and the world a couple of times over, a few times over with, um, you know, with fill-in gigs of bands that I really liked. Like, that was sick. But to be able to kind of take what I learned from those high, highly functioning professional kind of bands, that's not Colossus, by the way, <laughs> thing, and, uh, and, um, and then bringing that sort of back into, like, what I used to do with, you know, the, the post-metal, post-hardcore kind of more... DIY spirited kind of stuff, being able to bring those two worlds together and put put everything that I've learnt so far into like, you know, a project that's kind of, you know, bridging bridging different approaches in music and and, you know, how we present that and the business side of it as well. I think I'm just pulling together from a, a wealth of kind of creative experiences into something that's just me represented in musical form, I guess. So I mean you know, given that sort of like length of time that you've been, you know, involved in music and around music in Australia, either, and, you know, I know that you didn't just play in bands or whatever, you know, you ran a label and, you know, you'd put on your own shows and you'd probably just go along on tours with other bands and all that sort of stuff just for the hang. You know, yeah. what, what's, what's been your sort of, um, you know, your observation of the evolution of the whole Australian scene, man, over the last, you know, 15 years, so. Well, uh, I remember when I first got involved that the the metal scene was very much its own thing, and it was, mm. like, very, uh, the Aussie metal thing was quite elitist, and, you know, that, that element still exists, 
but uh, you know, metalcore came along, and bands like Tom Queen and Parkway Drive, I think, uh, mm-hmm. changed everything. And you know, back in the day, maybe ten years ago, it would have been extremely easy to work out what goes on short, fast, loud, and what goes on the racket. And these days, <laughs> it's a little—it's a little bit harder, you know. Like I think it feels more—it um, feels more connected now than it did 15 years ago and it feels a lot more like we're not playing second fiddle to the rest of the world and it's not like you know it used to be a massive deal if uh, you know an Australian band got it on an international label or was going to Europe or something and totally. not to say it's still not a big deal for when bands achieve those things but it's a common occurrence now whereas back then it wasn't and yeah the uh yeah I think um up until obviously the last few months when everything had been in a stronger position than ever. Yeah, totally. And actually that brings up a that brings up a point is that, you know, Run has released music now in a time where you can't necessarily be playing live. So yeah. uh, you know, but I'm sure that time will come mm-hmm. where you're going to play that live. I mean, how is that going to take form on the stage? Uh well we were planning to originally play shows in August, um, to put the when we you know, to release the record. Mm-hmm. And then when everything happened we were just like, uh, maybe we'll just not worry about that and maybe we will do another record first. So because we've only got yeah. twenty minutes of music, so we want to um, do another short record and get some more music out sooner than later. And then, you know, if hopefully if the touring circuit is active again in a year's time and mm. we can kind of comfortably step into it with a, with a, a bulk of material and a, you know, a decent following that, that we sort of will have spent, you know, many months building up with releases and just our online presence instead of, you know, getting out there and doing all the... the Trying you know, to slog the, it away. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we've done all that in a million other bands. You know, we're not interested in sort of doing that. So I think we're kind of... Um, as much as we want to play some sick shows and do some sick tours and keep seeing the world, I'm not sure if Run will ever, I don't think even if, you know, I don't know if any bands are going to be able to go full-time ever again. Who knows what the future looks like, but we're not super concerned at this stage. I think we're both, we'd rather just focus on the creative side of things, but we do have people lined up for um, when the time comes. Uh, Josh, who played, who played drums on the record, he's super keen. He's first in line, so when, when we've got some shows lined up, it'll be like, hey, can you do it? And we've got a, I got a couple of other mates from some old bands I played in and whatnot. Not to uh, lock anyone in yet, but there's uh, definitely people putting their hands up, so... The cue. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the other things I really loved about the release as well, man, is you, you've uh, you've put out uh, something that people can put on their their vinyl shelf without mm-hmm. actually releasing vinyl. Uh, you've you know you've created this beautiful art with lyric sheets and and all of that sort of stuff and and you know it sits within you know a 12 inch vinyl uh you know cover um yep. but it, it you know it's created that visceral experience of having something to hold and to to experience and to appreciate without yep. having to you know and everyone you know just listens on spotify or you know uh, on their digital downloads uh anyway yep. and you know you've created something there that you can you know that fans can actually hold on to without having to sort of uh, i guess i mean in one sense i'm guessing is potentially a uh like a, a bit of a cost-cutting measure while still giving something. Is that is that sort of a correct well, analysis? Well, um, I would, in terms of the cost-cutting, at the level that we're doing it, because we're, you know, it's looking like that we'll probably make 200 of them to start with. Mm-hmm. And because international supply chains and everything right now, we're getting every everything produced locally. So yep. it's not actually going to be 
astoundingly cheap or anything. I guess we won't have to pay import fees like we were with vinyl, but it's yeah. still costing it's still costing a similar amount to produce. Wow. Uh, so I think we're we're looking at like you know twelve to thirteen dollars a unit. Yeah. And I've, I've I've pressed a bunch of records, you know, like three hundred, four hundred copies each at that kind of amount. So it's um it's more um it's more of a logistical kind of just cutting out the logistical excess than cutting out um cost per se. Yeah, cost. Like although ultimately I think the long term kind of prospect of a product like this because if you I, I think it has potential to uh, shift a bigger profit share back to towards artists or um. Yeah. Or whoever's selling the product or whatever, because CDs cost not very much to produce, but you can sell them for twenty dollars and make a big profit margin. LPs cost you know ten to twenty dollars, whatever, a fair bit to produce each, and then the profit margin on selling that for thirty, forty is obviously a bunch smaller. But yeah. if you can find maybe a middle ground in there with a with different kinds of creative paper-based physical products um, mm. that still sort of count as actual sales, because you know it does count as a music sale through Bandcamp, you do get the record with it. Um, mm. We might be able to. To maybe help artists make a little bit more money and have less upfront expenses in getting stuff out there, and just and also just reduce our carbon footprint cycle, reduce the impact oh, on the environment. Up, yeah. yeah, it's like um, you can you can you know jump jump through all sorts of hoops to get recycled vinyl and everything, but at the end of the day, it's it's still plastic and it's still mm. gone through a lot of toxic processes to um, be made. And you know, vinyl's cool, but right now it just didn't feel like it was a necessary thing for us. And we thought, why not try something different? We've got a bit of an yeah. And I mean, that really highlights as well, like the the extent, the absolute extent that, you know, someone like In Hearts Wake, who's, uh, you know, they're making this entire release of, you know, um, their new album, uh, Kali Yuga, they're making it carbon neutral uh, yeah. as well. Like, man, they must have had to have gone to some serious lengths to down the Huge lengths, and I respect them for that, commend them for that. Uh, I think for us, though, we'd rather than bending over backwards to make something work and to make the old ways work with we're more thinking like let's just try a new way yeah no it's really cool man i i actually think you're probably going to lead the charge there on you know a change of a change of uh people's thought process and attitudes around that sort of stuff as well i think and also you're splitting in the the graphic artists the, the uh as well on the sales yeah he um he kind of feels like like Pat Pat Galvin, obviously an incredible artist. Uh, feels like he's sort of become the third member of the band almost. Awesome. In that he and I have spent nearly two years, I think, at this point, uh, discussing the artwork and planning the artwork because uh, it's all sort of it's all my concept. I had this kind of idea in my head, and I was able to just sit down with him one day and talk it all out. And he's brought it all to life in ways that are, you know, way more beautiful and, and, and incredible than I had anticipated. And he put so much effort into all the videos and all the merch and everything. And he just, he's, I won't tell you how much he charged us, but it just wasn't enough. And he refused to accept <laughs> yeah. more money. And he, But he just really wanted to do the project. And he's a good friend. So I guess he didn't want to charge me very much because he believes in what we're doing and believes in the, the music but uh i was like man i want you to reap more benefits reap, reap some re- more rewards from you know reap the benefits of this if we're selling it as a specifically as an art product you know mm, yeah. that's kind of that's, it's his art that we're selling more like we're not selling our it's, we are selling our music it's a total package it all comes together i guess but yeah i'm just yeah. trying to say that his art is completely critical to what we're doing and it just seems like the fair thing to do that all the artists involved should get paid equally yeah which doesn't which yeah. often just doesn't really happen
happen in music, you know, so... Well, Lachlan, one of the reasons that brought us to uh, obviously getting you on the podcast to have the chat, the uh, the release came out last week and uh, Pricey and I were discussing on the fact that you were writing this music before you went into your treatment for cancer and all of that. And the idea that we were sort of like talking to each other about was like, I, to take a dark turn, for example, uh, if things went bad, this would be like yeah. your parting gift for the world. Uh, for people to listen to and 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 have just such a a heavy soundtrack for for what you were going through, essentially like your, your David Bowie moment. Was that the idea with no. creating this music, or was that just a completely was, a completely coincidental everything's situation? Aligned, you know, um, we were already writing the music. We the the seizure that started my whole cancer journey was just completely out of the blue, and when that hit. We'd basically already written like three and a half, four songs. Um, we were sort of tightening up the tightening up the screws on all the other songs, and then we were just really struggling with uh, "Will Never," the second track. We kind of it just we knew what that song was kind kind of supposed to be and what influences we were sort of angling for with it, but we just it just never really clicked. And then the seizure happened, and it was just like bang, that song just fell into place. The mood was there. It's the song about you know death and really like it's all about facing your mortality because. You know, getting into it, I was dealing with the suicide of a, of a, you know, an old friend and, you know, my own sort of suicidal mm. inclinations and ex- just a whole cumulative life's worth of experiences around those kind of issues. I was trying to get a lot of that out. And then when all of a sudden I'm three quarters of the way through writing the record and it's like, okay, now you actually are truly facing your own mortality, perhaps. It just really sort of dovetailed in with the themes that I was already writing about and it. Put a, it did put a deadline on stuff and make me think about it like, oh, this could be my, my epitaph, you know? This is my, this could be my final tombstone, like, so we had, we had a deadline and I thought, okay, shit, I need to get surgery next week, we've got this weekend to finish the vocals, let's get it done. And so we got, we got the photos taken before the surgery and everything just to, obviously it all worked out okay, but there was a possibility at any time you're getting a major surgery, especially on your brain, there's a possibility that things might not work out okay. And I might have, it was, it's enti- it was entirely yeah. possible that I could have come out the other side without, you know, like a vegetable or I could have died or I could have, you know, come out without full control of my mouth anymore, which I, I didn't for a couple of months. It took a couple of months for my wow. face to kind of come back. So that's why uh, it did feel like that. It did feel like a bit of a, it could be my parting gift. So I put everything I had into it. That's amazing. And look, the end result is great. For those who haven't had the chance to go through it yet, go check it out. Run is the name of the band. For you will never find peace within your quiet is the release. And Lachlan Watt is the man behind the microphone. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And look, the uh, topic of suicide is always such a very important one to talk about and get out there. But just a reminder too, if you or anyone you know needs help with your own mental well-being, you can get in touch with Lifeline 13 11 14 or the crew at Beyond Blue, 1300 224636. Or you can also find your closest suicide prevention and crisis support organization on Google. Thank you for always being really diligent with that man and making sure that people have that information. It's so it's so so important. Yeah, it's it's it may just be a small gesture, but with that said, it's something that goes a long way. And look, if you are feeling and having those emotions, uh, it, it always helps to talk to someone. I even uh, reached out to to a psychologist over this past week, that's just just to try and you know help out what's going on in my head. And it does help. I, I can assure you that it really does help just to sort of get that clarification that, hey, you know, something's wrong up there, but uh, we'll do our best to make it all work. So get out there and, and support yourself. 
Oh, you know, you can always call me, Brownie. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but another thing that does help uh, that I found over the years is obviously music. And the Ghosts Inside are finally putting out their self-titled album on Friday. This is going to be their first taste of new music in almost seven years. Five years after the tragic bus accident that we all know and have heard about. And can I safely say that this is going to be your motivation album of the year? Uh, if you're going through struggles, if you're worrying about self-doubt or anything along the lines of that, this is the album you're going to put on that's going to become your new pep talk. And wow, like, I, I, I expected it to be this good. I didn't expect it to resonate with me as, as well as it did. Like, listening through and then listening through again and, 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 and loving the songs as much as I did the first time around. It's just such a great release from these boys, and I'm so proud to call myself a fan and so proud of where they've come from, what they've achieved, and where they're going next. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it helped me in the gym as well. Oh, good. Great. See? So there you go. It's it's good for no, all I'm different asking, aspects. Will it help me in the gym? Oh, okay. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Nice. I mean, the good thing about it is they've 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 still got the ghost inside touch. So uh, it sounds like a Ghost Inside album. However, they've changed things up a little bit. There's a couple of songs on there that sort of steer towards that mainstream radio rock direction. And okay. if you look at the you know the examples of, of bands like I Prevail or Falling in Reverse, for example, who are just dominating the rock charts in America right now mm. and radio airplay, it's like it so, makes perfect sense for a band like The Ghost Inside to come back to release a song like that to show diversity and progression and, and what they've achieved in their time off or, or their time away from the studio. Yeah, it's not like time off, like they've been putting their feet up and, and just like sipping on cocktails, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. They've yeah, been working hard to get to where they are. That. That's for, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But definitely, uh, in, in my opinion, as as we mentioned earlier, I did give the album a ten out of ten. It's up there competing with Polaris right now for the number one album of the year. I, I'm not going to verify or clarify more which album is in the lead or, or or which album could take it out by the end of the year because anything can happen. Like like I've no, mentioned, you know, yeah, you know yourself. If you go ahead and make statements like that, you end up having to re- retract them. Yeah. Exactly. Like Come on, Brownie. It's not a guns blazing situation with this right now. It's just a wait and let it simmer and like let all the flavors kind of blend together and go from there. I haven't done it. I haven't done a um, end of year review where two albums got the number one spot. That could happen this year, but it's just a a wait and see situation, I guess. No, you can't do that. We'll wait and see, Pricey. now brings us great joy to bring us to the second guest of the Matter of Faction podcast, episode number 50. This lady is all across the music scene in heavy world, in her own alternative rock pop direction, and now she's doing something great with Sonic Minds that's helping you with your mental health situation to write songs as a therapeutic way to help you with what's going on in your head. So can we please welcome to the show, Booker Nile? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I mean, we we had a bit of a run in at Unified Gathering when you told us all about this uh, hate fucking song on the uh, Make Them Suffer album that we are just eagerly anticipating and counting down the days until July 24th to hear. 
Oh, yes. Well, I'm counting down the days until everyone gets to enjoy the hate fuckery with me. So, uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of hate fucking life, let's be honest. Right. So, can we can we know what the the song is called now that we have the track listing or is it going to be a situation of just listen to the whole album and try and determine what it was? I want to I want to see what people come up with. I want to make sure that I'm not just like, you know, hearing the hate fuck and like other people can't hear it. Like People have got it. Like it's it's so it's very groovy and sexy. Like if I, the thing, the way people will know that that it is it is the hate fuck rip is that they will listen to it and then all of a sudden they'll be like, wow, I'm pregnant, and they won't know how it happened. <laughs> but like, I, I guarantee the you, there will not be an empty. Yeah, there will not be an empty uterus. Like you know. Um, there will be no empty uteruses after this happens. So, and the guys will right. grow their own uteruses and fill it with babies because this is, <laughs> it's an. Imp- I like to refer to it as to it as an impregnating riff. So, um, my ovaries are tingling as we speak right now, Booker. I cannot <laughs> wait for this. All right, so you're a busy Me girl. Too. You're a very busy girl. Um, you've obviously got the album coming out with Make Them Suffer. You've got this new band as well that you just launched, uh, Internet Friends, which is. Completely different to what we've known you for with Make Them Suffer. Like, give us a general idea behind Internet Friends and how this all came about. Well, Internet Friends is, like, it's a funny one because I guess, like, it was born and you would notice that literally, like, the gender ratio is just Make Them Suffer's gender ratio, but it's, like, flipped. Flipped. <laughs> um, so it's, like, it's all girls and then we've got a, we've got a boy. We've got one boy and he plays the bass. Um, and so that was that was quite intentional on my behalf um, because basically I thought, I want to know what it's like to be in the majority. Um, so yeah. I thought, oh, stuff I'm going to do this. Um, basically, like, the style of music is it's a lot more poppy. It's a lot lighter. Like, I'm the main vocalist. I can't scream. So, like, I'm going to try and learn, but I, I so the vocals are not heavy at all, um, and it's quite poppy. Um, so, but it is guitar-based, so it's like, you know, it's like rock indie pop almost um and it's just a lot of fun like all the songs um are pretty much just like all sort of like trolls i guess in a way like they're kind of about like light-hearted things um like the next single that we're putting out is let's just say it's not pc whatsoever but it's just like a giant meme basically <laughs> the music video as well like oh my gosh the music video. Fun oh yeah yeah, like, and you know, if you've seen the old music video, like the music video for, um, uh, what did I call my song again? Get Wise. If you see the music video, <laughs> it's a bit of a, you know, brain fart there. But um, if you see the music video for Get Wise, like the whole premise is like, um, you know, Dylan, who's our, our bass player, he rocks up at, you know, bass player tryouts for a band, a very serious band. Um, and like he walks in the door and we're all like in active wear, like from the 80s and we look at him and we're like, why'd you bring a bass? Like, mm-hmm. because the whole thing is just like, baby, we're here to see your moves only. Like, we, let's just let's see what you can do, like, on the dance floor. Um, and then we, like, we make, force him into active wear and, like, make him slut drop and it's just like a whole thing. <laughs> um, he, he was, like, it's so, it's like the, the awkwardness in his face, like, as he's doing all these moves is absolutely genuine. Like, we had an argument at the start of shooting because he was like, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, you're doing it. Um, yeah, absolutely doing it. You but like, you, you want to be in this band or do you want to go home? Like, you choose. Um, so, like, the whole thing though is like, 
you can, uh, you know, it was the idea, like it was kind of like a bit of a play on like the sort of sexist thing, like that, you know, often women do get uh, sort of treated like they're just a slice or like a nice little piece of ass. So like that was the whole thing was we were flipping it on its head and it was like he was the slice and we were just like aggressively sexually dancing and making it very, very uncomfortable. But like that, that was like, you know, it was, like, it was very like, it was a funny sort of um, music video and it was really like fun to make and stuff and we kind of just made up all the moves on the spot and even the synchronized dance we sort of created that day so it's all it's all a very fun sort of musical project as a, um, which is nice because it's you know like make them stuff as music is obviously much more serious it's mm-hmm. often touched on like darker issues and stuff like mm-hmm. that um, lyrically so and the music videos are definitely not memes um so yeah, like it's nice to sort of have this as well, sort of as a, as a really nice balance for me. Plus, you know, it's forced me to learn how to play the guitar. So I'm still not very good, but I'm uh, giving it a red hot crack. So yeah, that's um, that's internet friends really, and I would strongly encourage you to look out for the next uh, single because it's well, it it takes things to another level, that's for sure. And um, it was all filmed. Filmed pretty much all during isolation, except for the last scene, where I was allowed to have a few girlfriends over. But I filmed it myself on my phone, so it's um, <laughs> it's all been like yeah, because I was sort of in having to isolate, wasn't, wasn't able to do much. Definitely couldn't go and like hire a videographer to come and do a music video with me. So um, and like couldn't really see the other guys. Like our our keyboardist Taryn is a ICU clinical nurse, and then our um, drummer Marie is um, she works as a ward clerk, I think it is. And so they're both working in the COVID ward, but I was like, I'm not going to need either of you. So yeah, we sort of like were all quite separated whilst this single was getting written and stuff. So recorded in my lounge room and uh, filmed across a few Airbnbs that I hired get a little bit of space for my parents and then my new house um so yeah and all filmed on an iphone as well so that was interesting um but yeah like the content is it is a little bit ridiculous so if you want to see a bit of book and nile uh on, on a more fun side like you go with internet friends but if you want the more serious side and you just want to throw down in the pit just go you know head bang in front of you playing the uh keyboards and make them suffer (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You got you covering all bases, you know. Now, when it comes to writing a song for for one of these bands or your own band in particular, this is something that you've mm. uh, picked up with your mate Asher, which is pretty much the general idea mm. of Sonic Minds. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Sonic Minds is all about songwriting, but it's also about um, it's also like it's just sort of like fusing how to how to write songs, um, but how to do it in a way that is actually very good for your mental health as well. So that's the whole idea behind um, Sonic Minds. So Sonic Minds is, is like, it's not, you know, some people come to us and they're like, yo, I want to write straight fire. I just want to write a banger. And I'm like, okay, let's do that then. And so for those people, like we don't, we, we, you know, we're not so much focusing on like, let's channel your darkness and put it into a piece of music. It's more like, okay, like let's, you know, we don't have to worry too much about that because they're not interested in that part of it. But a lot of people um, are coming to us and going, I want to write straight fire banger, but I also would like, I've got, you know, these things that I'm dealing with and I'd like to 
um, use this as a way to help me to sort of cope or, you know, um, as a way to like, yeah, and just like, or, or to, you know, to communicate what's going on with me um, in a way that is going to, like, that is, you know, like through music, but because like a lot of people don't like to come and straight up say like, this is what happened to me or this is what I went through and this is what I experienced. It can be difficult to communicate to others and it can be difficult to hear it if you're someone receiving the information. So the wonderful thing about like doing it through a song is like if, if you can make it so it's more palatable for others to receive, but also it's uh, like it can be more poetic and metaphorical and like easier for you to communicate as well because you can either like disguise or you know not disguise it but like you can layer it with metaphor and symbolism and stuff as a way to uh still be saying what you want to say but perhaps not in this as a direct as direct as you uh would be saying it if you were just having a face-to-face conversation with someone yeah so it's sort of like that is one of the many elements but like as well as soon as well, you start, the should bring their interpretation to it as well then Exactly. Like, and that's that's the beautiful thing about music is like you can be writing about one ex- an experience that only you've had, but other people are, are still going to be able to listen to your music and take their own meaning from it, and like have you know, and it's going to help them, um, you know, perhaps with their own situation that that might be quite different to something that you know what you're actually singing about, because yeah, that's you know, music is all about our own interpretation and our, what we take away from it. So that's quite special as well. Now, before anyone uh, jumps on their high horse, hopefully none of our listeners do da- do that, uh, you've actually got yourself <laughs> a degree through university as well. So it's not a situation of people coming mm. to you and spilling their deepest, darkest secrets and you going, yeah, let's write a song. <laughs> Absolutely not, no. I've been, I've been working um, in mental health recovery, like specifically mental health recovery, um, using like uh, recovery-based practice and um, person-centered practice for co- coming up to eight years now. So I've, I've been working in the field and like have had a lot of uh, like, you know, direct experience with some of, you know, the most unwell people in our state, um, you know, people with chronic, persistent um, mental illnesses that really like, you know, people who can't actually live independently because their mental illnesses are so um, they're, they're so debilitating. So um, it's like the, yeah, the most sort of extreme end of the scale there. So I feel very, very, um, I guess, you know, I feel like I'm definitely qualified and experienced in this. And I've been doing music uh, therapy-based <clears throat> songwriting with my residents at work for about four years now. So I, it's, like a, it's something that I'm quite well-versed in now and I've done a lot of research into it. My thesis as well um, at university was about how we cognitively process music and sound and everything. So I've, that was like, you know, a four years worth of work and it was a proper research thesis. So, um, and I got a distinction for it, I might add. So like, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not just like winging it and like, you know, I would never do that. That's, that's in, um, just totally unethical to, to just experiment around with people's mental health and stuff and like hope. Otherwise, I just write, I would just provide a songwriting service. The mental health element wouldn't 
be part of um, part of it at all. So, but mental health is my passion, and so is music. So I've just basically yeah. fused the two together, um, and and it's great, and it's amazing being able to use music to help people's mental health. And I've seen some absolutely incredible, life changing things happen that have all started with um, doing therapeutic songwriting. It's it's actually wild some of the stories that I could tell That's you about. Amazing. You know, people at work, yeah. So it's, it's it's so rewarding, and to the people who take to it, and the people who who do really love writing music and stuff, it's honestly like the the improvement that it can make to their lives if they if they really commit to it is just amazing. So yeah, very rewarding stuff for myself as well. I'm very lucky to be able to do it. That's why like music is super special, and also like why it I guess sort of gives a little bit of explanation as to why it can therefore impact our mental health so much, like. It has so many effects on us. Like, we can literally listen out. Like, we can control our emotions through the music that we listen to. Or, like, not control, but we can really influence um, our emotions. So, if we are feeling really sad and we then listen to a really sad song, we're going to be sadder. Which is, yeah, <laughs> this is a situation that I discovered the other day. Like, I was going through, like, a, a bad mental health day and I just couldn't get out of my own head. And then, all of a sudden, I go listen to sad songs and it's just making – it's like that meme that gets around mm-hmm. of, like, you, someone pouring like fuel on the fire it literally just makes the whole situation so much worse so you have to kind of either you know clear your mind go for a run talk to someone or change it to something Mm -hmm. a bit more upbeat to bring your mood back again yeah yeah and it's it's like a fine line as well because if you listen to like say you know happy by was it pharrell and bruno mars i can't even remember who did it like that song happy that was released a few years back yeah the millions movie one like if yeah yeah like it was like a really popular song. I hated it. <laughs> oh okay. I, yeah yeah yeah. So like that song, you know, if you were to listen to that when you were you were you're feeling really down, it's going to probably just really piss you off. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's not about it's not about finding the happiest song that you can. It's about you're like you know if you listen to girls just want to have fun by Cindy Lauper, you're going to be like. Fuck Cindy Lauper, you know, like it's probably just going to make you feel pissed off. So there's like, you know, there's like, I guess you've got to take like. It's kind of condescending, right? It is. It's almost just like, you know, don't flash your happiness in my face. Is there anything worse when you're feeling miserable and depressed and sad and seeing like just, you know, the happiest person in the world? (laughs) Like, there's something about like, I think, you know, fuck you and your love. Yeah, yeah, like you know, parade your happiness in front of me. Like it's definitely uh, not, not. The, but you know, things like you know, even like listening to metal um, can, like, it can be really. Um, it can go one of two ways, I guess. Like, because it's more, um, I guess, angry, but it can be quite an empowering sort of uh, genre of music. So it's not like it's not like it's overly happy at all. In fact, it's definitely not overly happy. But so it can still touch on those sort of like negative emotions, but in a way that's more empowering. Um, and that's yeah. the main thing is when we're, when we're feeling depressed, we feel deflated. We feel like we don't have control over our, like, you know, our, our feelings or our lives. And we feel just quite sort of like, you know, just helpless, I guess. And I think that metal can be really empowering in that sense because it's, you know, it can sort of take those negative emotions, but like make them fierce and like, um, you know, sort of channel them into a different sort of area of our emotion, like where we would, you know, perhaps process, you know, feelings of sadness and stuff. It can sort of like change that a little bit for us, I feel. So metal can be a really, really cathartic sort of genre to listen to when you're feeling sad. And I think a lot of people who listen to heavy music, like they, you know, they're quite in touch with their emotions. They will 
quite um, openly feel sad. And like, I think that's great as well that the community, um, you know, the mental health community, uh, sorry, the, the like metal community is one that is quite accepting and, and like uh, open about, about mental health and, um, and, you know, being depressed and, and all of that stuff as well. So it's sort of everything is, is, it's, yeah, it encompasses everything. It's like acceptance, but it's also, um, yeah, like it's a genre that can actually can help us to listen to. Don't listen to it when you're maybe really, really highly strung and stressed. Though, yes. <laughs> your cortisol levels can actually be risen by hectic music. So, um, just something to be wary of if you're like, I need to wind down. I'm so stressed. Maybe don't listen to blast beats. Well, Booker, you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to a vast array of different styles of music. So for those who want to get in touch and uh, create your own style of music in a therapeutic way Mm. to help your mental health, do we just slide into your DMs uh, for Sonic Minds, Sonic underscore Minds? Well, we officially have a website now. Um, It's just like a, I don't know what they call it, but it's just like one page and you can submit inquiries through there, which will then go straight to our um, Sonic Minds email address. Uh, if you wanted to email us directly, you can through uh, it's connect at sonicminds.com.au. You can hit us up on our DMs, which is, you know, on Instagram, it's sonic underscore minds. Um, and then you can also just hit up the website, though, and, and submit an inquiry through there, which is just www.sonicminds.com.au. Um, pretty happy that we got that domain name, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that was, well that done. <laughs> Yeah, that is a weird. We were originally wanting to call the um, the company Sound Minds. Do you get it? Like, I'm Sound yeah. Mind. Um, oh. But that was taken, so that's why we got a bit, had to get a bit creative. But um, that domain definitely would not have been available. Well, you're absolutely killing it in all aspects of life. Booker, it's been a pleasure. All the best with Make Them Suffer's album, Internet Friends and Sonic Minds. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Booker, and uh, don't forget you can get involved with everything she has to offer and also the upcoming Make Them Suffer album, something that's going to definitely help you uh, break a sweat in the gym mosh. Gym mosh? There's there's an idea, gym mosh classes. Sick. Uh, Now, we should probably take a serious turn with everything that's happening in the world right now, Pricey. Uh, America's in chaos. We've got issues in our own backyard uh, that that need to be addressed and all of that. And there's been a couple of songs that have been released over the past week. Whether they were released at the same time or whether it was just a coincidence that they were released and all of this stuff was happening, they've really put these songs on on a... on a, on a shelf for us to all take a listen to and reflect on what's happening around us. And it all kicked off with I Prevail. Yeah. So, I mean, this one I know is a coincidence, uh, but, I mean, it's an ongoing, uh, an ongoing message that they've, that they've wanted to address for a long time. And it's a very anti-gun violence and anti-violence uh, uh, statement that they made. It's, uh, it's a re- a retelling of their song DOA, and they've included uh, hip hop artist Joyner Lucas as well. Um, and the vi- the video clip for it in particular is very graphic and very in your face, uh, very purposefully uh, around you know basically just people being massacred, wet men, w- women, and children. And and it's it you know it's like you know these are images that are hard to see, and that that was yeah. the point of it. Um, and you know, and so you know, and not not two days later, you know, it's not necessarily uh, you know gun massacres that are happening, but there is certainly certainly lots of violence happening 
and and very heavy-handed tactics from the police and uh, and from their their president. Uh, full stop. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah, who was certainly doing nothing to to calm the situation down and and it, yeah, it, it it's just this amazing coincidence that you know they've released this statement of a song and and you know there are just people that are losing eyes and and losing you know lives and you know uh yeah it's uh, just a, a whole yeah in the name of justice in the name of justice against you know some some pretty some pretty corrupt and and you know violent and racist you know, pieces police. of shit over that way. That's the best way yeah. to put it. Yeah, and it's good to see bands using their platform to spruik this message, to get it out there to the masses, to their fan base, and all different types of genres as well too. I mean, this is something that Fever 333 are no strangers to. They've obviously touched on the, the gun-related violence uh, issue in America in their song Trigger that they released not long after one of the... Uh, was it a couple of years ago? One of the, um, the school shootings that happened over there. So they've always got their finger on the pulse when it comes to situations like this and that's exactly what happened with this past week. They put out their new song Supremacy for uh, fans to go and download on their website and they also uh, did a live stream performance demonstration that they normally do. Um, so, you know, this is a band who who are, are very vocal about the uh, the violence against people of colour and yeah. that, that use their platform as a way to sort of spruik this message. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. These guys are the, the second coming of Rage Against the Machine. Um, sure, they're not as heavy as Rage would be. However, I feel like wh- what they lack in in heaviness, they make up for in uh, thought-provoking and high-impact lyrical content. Oh, mate, I, I, put, them, I put them in that same echelon. Yeah, totally, uh, and and you know that's that's been something that I've been doing, you know, surreptitiously throughout the week uh, on the faction is, um, you know, just all of a sudden you'll be you'll be in the middle of an hour's worth of what I've been putting on there as protest songs, and uh, you know I, I didn't go and announce that or you know showboat that that's what I was doing, but you know I, I wanted to make sure that when when uh, people were listening that they were getting hit with some pretty thought provoking lyrics yeah. to, to to go to to make them to remind them that you know this is going on in our world right now you know take a minute during your day to to think that to think about yeah you know, those things you know um but yeah fever 333 and and you know even his previous uh band let live you know I've I've definitely included, you know, uh, Good Morning America. Yes, uh, as part of that, um, you know, they, those those the lyrics that he puts in there always hit hard, always hit uh, home, and and he's a very very intelligent, um, informed, and an angry man, and I'm about that. Well, talking about lyrics that hit hard, um, this past week alone, some 41 frontman Derek Whibley did like a reimagining of their song Still Waiting, just acoustically stripped back a little bit. And uh, to be honest with you, the lyrics hit harder now than what they did on the actual punk 
pop punk metal original release from Does This Look Infected? Yeah. So, like, you know, you have him sitting down singing, um, So Am I Still Waiting for This World to Stop Hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. And it's just like, this is this is spot on with what's going on. And, you know, this song was written way back in, like, the early 2000s, and it's well, still I mean, held up over all of this time. Yeah, I mean, a good lyric, you know, will will endure and will will make sense and, and hit just as hard no matter the context, man, yeah. and, and, you know. And unfortunately, racism is an ongoing uh, problem in this world. So, you know, the, like you said, it is going to hit just as hard when it's put in our face, man. Um, talking about racism and, and calling people out, uh, th- there's a guy in the music scene who likes to sort of run his own mouth every now and then, and every so often he gets put into his place by other bands. Other, It's not just the people or the fans or the it's old not, fans. Other bands get involved too and, you know, pull this guy off his issues. Traps and it's not trapped. So who are we putting in the bin this week? Oh, Corey Brandon from Norma Jean. Come on, dude. I mean, like, this is a guy who's, you know, unfortunately I wasn't aware of or, or I didn't remember or, you know, or I'd never saw it, but I, I didn't realise he was a he was a crazy god-botherer. Um, and, I mean, you've had your own run-ins with him, Brownie. Yeah, said a few words know. on Twitter. He, he's done a few homophobic things. I get it. You, you know, it, it, but it takes, for me, it takes away from, from the band itself. Like I, I, yeah. I won't go, I won't go forth and listen to a band who, who speaks about stuff no. like this, no. you know, stuff like that. No, God, no. And, uh, but yeah, he's gone and mocked the Black Lives Matter movement, which is just very, I mean, tone deaf at best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at very best, just like, you know, sit down, mate, sit down, you know, and get in the bin. It's just, and apparently he's apologized, uh, which is fine, but also like, dude, just remember that you have a platform and people listen to you. Maybe use it for good, you know, maybe use it to, to amplify the voices of the unheard, you know, rather than, you know, and like, this is the thing that annoys the shit out of me, Brown, is that if you, if you say that you are, you know, a follower of Jesus, a church going man, a God, you know, fearing man, then, you know, maybe try spruiking the messages of the Bible, the actual messages of Jesus. And, and I, and let, let me just state for the to, for the record, like I, I I don't I'm not you know I don't follow the Bible I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but you know I, I went to a Catholic school I was given that education so I know about it. It, it. You know, Jesus, you know, was one of the you know if you read the story, he literally sacked an, an entire like. Uh, temple, like he went in and and rioted basically, and told all of them that they were like that they that you know they were in, they, they were corrupt and and they were you know you, you know they were uh, you know bad at what they do, is that, enacting is that... injustice uh, on on the people, and you know he was someone who you know if you believe that this person existed, you know 
he was someone who spoke up for the rights of the little person, the unheard, the 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 people that had injustice put on them. So I was just like, dude, like, how can you speak from that perspective of like, you know, mocking the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and say that that's how your God would want you to behave? Like, it's bullshit. It's hypocritical at best, and 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 absolute garbage at at worst. Like. I uh, just fuck you, dude. You know. Yeah, that that's. I think that's probably the best way to wrap it all up. There, you know, show more love, show more support, and and stop Absolutely. using your platforms for for the wrong reasons. Have, you have a voice. You have the ability to change the world, and I think everyone should, in that power, have that ability to to make that choice to to make that call and and do their absolute best to change the world around them, regardless of what's going on and what you believe in. Yep. Absolutely. And we love a wholesome ending, don't we, Pricey? I love it. On your brownie. <laughs> Episode 50 of the Matter of Faction podcast of Pricey and Brownie has come to an end. Can I just say something, Brownie? Thank you so, so much for being a part of this and, and for being rad and and for, you know, all your support and, and all your banter and all of your, you know, energy every week. Thanks so much, man. Mate, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for the opportunity once again. And uh, we'll take a bit of a breather and see where we come with the Matter of Faction podcast and, uh, you know, get some traction going back in our lives again. You're off to Rocky to go rock out up there? Yeah, mate. Go and see my family for a bit. Good. I think it's that opportunity where we, we have that, that time now to, to get out and about and, and go catch up with loved ones, wherever they may be. Yep. Totally. All right, so this has been the Matter of Faction podcast, episode 50 for the Handshake Media Network. We'll catch you again uh, soon at some point. See ya. You've been listening to the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie.